on the talk and text line at 785-7914. Now, your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Solom. All right, welcome to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. It is a Tuesday coming up on the show. A little bit of a sporty show, and I don't mind. Maybe you will, but I don't mind. Uh, Chris Schwarz, the UW Lacrosse baseball coach, is going to join and, and talk about a student athlete that he had in 2015, 16, and 17 that made his MLB debut for the Milwaukee Brewers last week Friday. Schwarz was at the game along with about 400 friends and family of Caleb Boosley. I told the story a little bit yesterday, but uh, he's a Hortonville graduate, so I'm a Hortonville graduate, so there's a little bit of uh, selfishness here to promote a, a Hortonville high school. And uh, Hortonville's got like a long tradition of, of just baseball under Coach Don Williams when I was in high school. Uh, we won state, and I say we because I went to the high school, but I play track. <laughs> so our high school went uh, undefeated that year in 1997, and then the next year they went undefeated again and went back-to-back state championships. Uh, but Caleb, MLB deba- debut Friday, it was like a roller coaster of a ride, and we'll have UWL coach Chris Schwartz tell us about it. Um, also, before I get to some of the politics going on in the state, is uh, two two big two big things happen. Uh, Katrina Shankland, she has announced her bid for the third district here for the U.S. House of Representatives. So now we have, off the top of my head, Rebecca Cook, Tara Johnson, and the guy that lives that went to Harvard that lives in Milwaukee is going to move here. I've tried to contact him, Aaron ne- Knights. I tried to contact him, have him come on the show. Uh, he has not gotten back to me. So it's one of them deals where, hey, oh, are you running to be in the U.S. House of Representatives? Kind of an important position. Uh, if you're serious about that, then do you want to reach out and get on get on some shows that would be in your district? Uh, or I missed the email. I mean, it very well could be I missed the email, but Katrina Shankland is now in the race, so we'll talk about that a little bit. Also, the, uh, the, the, the Republicans in the Senate, they control the Senate. I feel like they're just not going to confirm anybody. We we see this. Uh, we're seeing this more and more. Uh, Wisconsin Senate Republicans vote to reject a uh, Wisconsin election commissioner who backed disputed top election officials. So uh, the infighting or or partisan fighting that's happening continues in Wisconsin to no one's surprise. Um, but back to, but back to sports. I want to talk about this a little bit. Giannis Antetokounmpo yesterday posted a video of him having his first brat. Giannis Antetokounmpo had his first bratwurst yesterday. Now that sounds like big, fun, funny news, right? Giannis Antetokounmpo first brat, and it was kind of funny. He posted a video, uh, I I think it's on TikTok. I don't know, it looks like it's on Instagram, on his Giannis. It's probably on all his social media pages, but he posted a video. First of all, it doesn't look like a brat at all. And I'm like, is that a brat or is it one of those, you know, if you go to the gas station and it says brat, but you know, that's not really, that's not really a brat. What, what you're getting at the gas station, you have to, the brat you get, you, you, first of all, you boil it in beer, right? You do that. And then you put it on the grill. And if you're like me, I don't, some, some people like, you know, kind of medium, medium. I, I, I like to burn the crap out of my brat. I don't, I don't know. If that's how you like to do it, but yeah, I'm gonna burn the crap out of my brat. Well, Giannis, it looks like he's it looks like he stole the hot spot from Quick Trip, according to this video, and it's just the the roller. So there's he's in a room and there's the rollers and there's a bunch of brats on there, 
And at first I was like, is that a brat or just a burned hot dog? And then, and then he puts it in a bun, he puts some ketchup on it. And the guy's asking, is your first brat? Yeah. First brat. So it, and I, I was like, that's, that's not a brat. And then I was like, Oh wait, Giannis Antetokounmpo is seven feet tall and his hands are gigantic. It is a brat. It just looks like he's eating like a, like one of those mini corn dogs. That's kind of what it looks like. One of those mini, I don't know. They have funny names to those things, right? Not the mini corn dogs, but the little pigs in a blanket, right? It kind of almost looks like that. He puts it in the bun, puts some ketchup on it, but I still don't think he actually, it, it still kind of looks like not one of those brats that you boiled on the, on the stove and beer and then put on the grill. Do you, do you have to put, do you use a certain beer or whatever's in the fridge or the crappiest beer you have in the fridge? I don't I don't exactly know that, but uh, the biggest news here isn't that Giannis had his first brat. It's that Giannis took almost a decade to have his first brat. Giannis Antetokounmpo has been in the league since 2013. He was drafted by Milwaukee in 2013. How did Giannis Antetokounmpo go over a decade? Because it would have been 11 years now. How did he go 11 years in Wisconsin as a Milwaukee Buck and nobody's ever thought to give him a brat? This is... Almost a, this should be a statewide emergency. The state legislature should hold hearings on this, and we we need to get to the bottom of this right now. It's unbelievable that Giannis Antetokounmpo has never had a bratwurst. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I am Rick Solom. All right, coming up in a couple minutes here, UDB Lacrosse baseball coach Chris Schwartz. I'm going to talk about Caleb Boosley who made his MLB debut on Friday for the Brewers of all teams. It's just cool that he, that he made his debut with the Brewers. UWL grad, Hortonville High School grad, and a 29-year-old rookie. So I, I don't know if I said that before. 29-year-old rookie. I guess when I alluded to the fact that he played in the College World Series in 2015, maybe y'all figured that out. Um, and I still can't get over that Giannis Antetokounmpo has lived in Wisconsin for 11 years, drafted by the Milwaukee Bucks, and had his first bratwurst yesterday. It wasn't that long ago that he had his first like milkshake or something like that, or malt maybe it was, and he was like, oh my God, this is great. Oreo cookies, that was a, either a year or a couple of years ago where he'd never had Oreo cookies before. So it is kind of fun and fun like watching him experience these things. But these have all been recent phenomena, and maybe that's just like he's getting better at the social media game. And uh, making himself more and more lovable. Uh, but never had a bratwurst in 11 years. Seems like a just a terrible oversight by the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> the first thing that Giannis should probably have is a bratwurst. When Giannis came to the Bucks, he was like six foot seven, And you would think like he'd ate a couple of bratwursts and then therefore grow, grew to seven feet tall. Uh, but apparently that's not how that worked. Um, one other tidbit, or one other... Um, just just a terrible transition here, but some sports news. Um, I don't know a whole lot about this, but John Gordon, he graduated from St. Norbert College back in 1961. He was an art student there, and he helped create the Packers logo, the, the Green Bay Packers logo, that distinctive G as the story on, on the website, AP website says. Um, well, he, he died today at the age of 83, but... Uh, you know, it's just one of the things you never you never really think about. Like, oh, somebody had to design that. And I just saw another story about the Milwaukee Brewers logo, kind of looking at the person that created that. And if you don't know the Milwaukee Brewers, the glove logo, it's one of the coolest logos in all of sports. It's an M and a B. Uh, if you don't look, it's kind of like the Big Ten has the B and the 10 in it, in its logo, the Milwaukee Brewers, the same way. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't realize that until way, 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 way 
beyond my years of being in the sports and and growing up being a Brewers fan and then going, oh, it's an M and a B. So anyway, I'm getting off track and I'm I'm not being all that sensitive here, but uh, yeah, John Gordon, the artist who created the G logo from St. Norbert College. These things are crazy when you're just like, oh, just some local kid at St. Norbert College created the Packers logo. It's like the one of the most iconic logos in all of sports. So he died today at 83 years old. Um, all right, another terrible transition, but Katrina Shankland has announced her bid to run for what everyone calls Congress, but I like to call the U.S. House of Representatives. Derek Van Orden holds that seat. Derek Van Orden's a Republican. So again, we're going to have a whole bunch of Democrats running against Dave Van Orden. Haven't seen any Republicans trying to run against Van Orden. Um, I always kind of like more names in in the in the hat, so to speak. I don't know. Is that is that a good analogy? It sounds like a terrible analogy. But um, when when Van Orden ran against Ron Kine last time, he was the only one running essentially uh, for the Republicans. Um, I think they probably just look at how much money he's raised and go, Ugh. as a Republican, like, okay, I gotta, I gotta beat that guy, or, or it's one of them deals where he's the guy and we don't want to contest him. Why would we even do that? But uh, I mean, you could argue we we should be doing that better. I mean, you could argue that at the presidential level, <laughs> right? Uh, where where a whole bunch of Republicans are trying to get the seat and only one Democrat, but uh named joe biden anyway so but uh, getting off track i would love to see more people in all the races including the presidential race it's not how the country has done that historically and it's kind of dumb to try to usurp the incumbent i mean nobody's going to challenge tammy baldwin in the democratic party but i wouldn't mind seeing it um so katrina shankland is uh steven's point um, assembly rep, so the Jill Billings, I believe, of Stevens Point, if you want to think of it that way. So now we have Tara Johnson, a former Lacrosse County board chair here. We have small business owner Rebecca Cook and Harvard Law School student Aaron Neitz or Knights uh, are now all in the race here. And I I feel like Trina's going to probably turn into the front runner in this race. If not, if we, we if the pundits haven't already, am I a pundit? If we haven't already uh, picked the 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 winner without without thinking a, a whole lot about it, like okay, assembly rep, pretty strong showing in Stevens Point. Like she's been she's been pretty strong in in her views there and her, her ability to run a campaign and um. And then you know win elections in a Stevens Point in a in a district. I don't I don't know if Stevens Point is gerrymandered towards the Democrat in that area. So you know you think Stevens Point's a UW UW town college there. So I'm just trying to think. I, I would have to dig in. You will have to get Jay Heck on with Wisconsin Common Cause to talk about if if she's a strong candidate because she's been in the legislature a while, or if she's more somebody that's just kind of been gerrymandered into a, a democratic seat while all the seats around her are gerrymandered the other way. Uh, we see that here too. If you want to, if you want to call Joe Billings seats a little bit gerrymandered towards Joe Billings. Um, anyway, so she's going to be in the race. Here's the, here's the thing though with it is Rebecca cook has been running against running for this seat for about three years now. And I think she has a lot of good credentials and like that aren't governmenty ish. She has some of that, but 
She's like a small business owner. She runs a, a nonprofit for women. Uh, her dad is a farmer. I think they're, in fact, last year their farm had a fire or it burned down. So like that, she had to go through that. Her dad's a farmer. Her brother, I believe, is a fireman and was in the military. So she like checks all these boxes in one way or in the other that makes her a good candidate. And then Tara Johnson, but but she's okay. Here's the thing: she's been running for three years. And then when Katrina Shanklin jumps into the race as a state assembly rep, and now she's going to give up her district to run in this race, right? I bet Rebecca Cook's going like, "Oh, are you kidding me?" Because I I feel like. Katrina is going to jump to the forefront here, uh, being somebody that's won an election, stuff like that. You, you always see that. You could say that same thing for Tara Johnson. She had to win an election to get the, to the lacrosse County board, but a, a little bit different scope, but Tara Johnson just got into this race and the Harvard law school guy that I think, I think he lives in Milwaukee. So he's even moved here. That that's not a huge deal, but everyone makes it a big deal when um, everyone else moves into a district from another district. So we should probably make it a, a big deal no matter what side of the aisle you're on. Um, we did that with Tim Michaels, right? He's not even from here. There's there's a little bit of uh, apples and oranges to that. But, um, yeah, just, I, I feel a little bad for, for Rebecca Cook, who's been running for so long, and then somebody like like Katrina Shanklin jumps into the race and uh, poses a p- pivotal threat, I think, to, to her you know, being maybe the favorite there. So, all right, coming up next, a conversation I had with UW lacrosse baseball coach Chris Schwartz about Caleb Boosley, a Hortonville High School graduate, a UW lacrosse graduate, a guy that took UW lacrosse to the world, helped take UW lacrosse to the World Series and made his debut for the Milwaukee Brewers as a 29-year-old rookie last week Friday in Milwaukee. It's a pretty cool story. Stay tuned. We're heading back to Lambeau for... All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. I'm Rick Solom. On the phone with me now is UW Lacrosse baseball coach Chris Schwarz. And why am I having a baseball coach on? Because I can. And uh, something pretty cool happened, uh, not at UWL, but very affiliated with UWL and uh, and Chris here. Last week, Friday, the Brewers called up a 29-year-old rookie named Caleb Bosley. And Caleb came in in dramatic fashion and picked up the win for the Brewers in extra innings and very cool. And Caleb is a UW lacrosse graduate. Uh, Chris, can you kind of just tell the story of that day and hearing that Caleb got the call? Because I, th- I feel like he got the call earlier that morning, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on and, and giving me the opportunity to share Caleb's story. It, it's pretty cool um, from, from a lot of different angles, but yeah, he got a call. Um, I'd say less than 48 hours um, ahead of ahead of Friday, saying basically saying be ready, and <laughs> and then he he ultimately got the call on Thursday saying get your butt over to Milwaukee, and he was at home. Uh, one of our assistant coaches talked to him that day as he was driving to Milwaukee, and and uh, then later on that night, all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm throwing Friday night, and you know we kind of rallied the troops and scrambled, and uh, four of us coaches from here went down and. And then uh, a bunch of his teammates from 15, 16, 17 went down. And, and I think half the town of Hortonville was there, too. It was uh, uh, honest, honestly one of, one of the coolest moments uh, of my life. You know, obviously family is, is first, but top five baseball moments for sure. 
Yeah, you you mentioned Hortonville. That's where I graduated, and I had a friend kind of do the same thing. Uh, he graduated with me, Dave Gastner, pl- played for the Twins. So we all went to the Metrodome uh, on a day to to watch him. You know, make his well, he didn't make his MLB debut. It was his second game because he made his debut in, in Cleveland, and and uh, but but yeah, very cool. So Hortonville, very baseball tradition there with uh, with the coach, and we can get into that in a little bit. But um, all right, so did you talk to Caleb beforehand, or just your assistant coach? Um, uh, our assistant coach talked to him live. Uh, we had exchanged some text messages ahead of time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a situation where you want to kill the guy because he's probably getting, you know, 8,000 text messages right. every, you know, every hour. And, uh, you know, he, he gave us that, that info and we're just like, well, <laughs> that's good enough. We're coming. We're going to be there. All right, so you you get to the game. I don't know if you see him beforehand or anything, but like just just paint the picture because he, he uh, you know what, leading up to the game and then leading up to obviously the eighth inning when he comes in with a one run lead. Yeah, so we you know we get there and we pull in and and we wanted to get into the stadium as quick as we could and and uh, you know we found our seats and um, and then I also you know the game started and. And and we're like, well, we know for sure he's not coming in in the next couple innings. So what the heck? Let's take a walk out to the bullpen. So we walked out there, and and it took us forever to get out to the bullpen because we kept running into people <laughs> from UW Lacrosse, players that he played with, you know, players that we coached, and everybody's just in full, you know, boss mode, and just you know the vibe is is pretty pretty intense. And finally get out to the to the bullpen and you know, give him the old, you know, wave and flag him down. And he's like, yeah, you know, points at us and stuff like that. And, um, I mean, that was almost like a, a, a tearful moment at, at that time, just to like, man, he's in the bullpen for the Brewers. Like he's just sitting there, but he's in the bullpen for the Brewers and, and, you know, just a surreal moment and on our way back to our seats. And, you know, where, they brought in a little left. Go ahead. Uh, we were, we were behind the first base dugout, um, okay. section 110, I think it was. And, um, you know, pretty close to the field. We, we, we splurged for the better, the best tickets we could find. So we'd get up, up close and personal. Yeah. And the whole town of Hortonville is, is doing that. So the tickets aren't like front row. <laughs> no, they were actually like right behind the dugout. Oh, really? And we were like, yeah, like the, the whole, it's, I, they all must've, whatever they talked and stuff. And they were all, you know, a couple rows up and maybe a section up, but they were behind the dugout up, up behind a little bit. And they all had Caleb Bosley, you know, uh, signs and face pictures and all that kind of stuff and um and this is but is, yeah you know you've been coaching at uwl i wrote 30 again 20 years this is your 20th year going in um have you ever experienced have you ever had i know uwl has had five players in the majors but you haven't had one uh been well <laughs> uh we actually have um okay taylor colway got called up this last july um, so, so Taylor and Boz played together. And if you want to put another, another piece to this whole puzzle, uh, Taylor and Boz got drafted by the same scout for the San Diego Padres, Taylor in 2016 and Boz in 2017. And Taylor got called up this last July with the Padres and he made, made his major league de- debut and, and got a hit and That's played right. for eight days. Um, and then now months later, Bob's got the call up um, and it's just to get one of those guys up is unbelievable to get both of them up who both were drafted by the same scout. It's just a, it's just a really, 
really unique story that we could talk hours about. Now, as Taylor, here's the story. Is he like, really, coach? You couldn't fly to San Diego to watch my opening game? <laughs> uh, Taylor was Taylor came to, to Miller Park on, or well, whatever it is, uh, on Friday night. And uh, he was there to support Boz. And that was the first time I've seen him, you know, since probably last winter. He just, he grew up at home and he lives at home. And when he's in the off season, I mean, he kind of, I mean, he's a quiet kid, but we kind of joked about that too, but he was in, he was in Toronto for his de- debut. So okay. that was a, that would have been a tough haul. And I'll just, I'll, I, I forgot about that. I literally did write about that last year. I just, it, it just blanked on me. There's a little bit of a Hortonville, Rick went to Hortonville, Caleb went to Hortonville thing going on here too. So, yeah. and then when I learned Absolutely. that he's, you know, I'm like, man, I wish I could talk about this. And then I learned he went to UWL because just, I didn't know. And I'm like, oh man! And I literally was covering you guys when Caleb was a was his first year at UWL. I was covering you guys going to the World Series. But anyway, let's get back to the game. It's it's uh I don't know. It's it's a four three game. You're going into these you know later innings. What's the feeling like? And then you know obviously like t- tell us about when he does get the call because he comes in in the eighth. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was a one run ball game, and they had brought a little lefty in for the seventh and it was kind of like shoot because I think their starter went a little bit longer than they anticipated he threw really well and and the little lefty comes in in the seventh and he did well and it's like gosh shoot you know we can see the bullpen we get a full view of the bullpen and and we can you know Caleb's just kind of hanging out on on one of the benches and and then the little lefty comes out for the eighth and it's like god almighty you know is he is he are we gonna is he not gonna get in and and all of a sudden, the, you know, the the Cubbies get a hit, and then they get another something or other, and um, and all, you know, then you can see the the guy in the bullpen phone, and all of a sudden he takes his sweatshirt off, and then he does you know pitcherish things, he's stretching and all that kind of stuff, like oh no, he's up, he's getting up, and the goosebumps and the uh, you know, like I said earlier, the borderline borderline tears, like he, this is going to happen, he's going to get up, and he gets up and he starts throwing. And they made a pitching, or they made a, a a mound visit, you know, which in baseball, right, the mound visit to give the guy in the bullpen a little more time to warm up. And we're like, goodness, he's going to do this. And then there's a lefty on deck. Like, shoot, the lefty's going to, st- oh, nope, they're pinch hitting. They pinch hit a righty, which in our world means Caleb's coming in. He's yeah. coming in because it's the righty-ready matchup, right? And, and I mean, we just scrambled, right? Scrambled with our phones to take as many pictures and videos as we could and, <laughs> I was a, I was a fan and a little kid at that moment, and and I loved every minute of it. Well, and you say it, it was you know almost tears. Chris, you're giving me tears just putting yourself putting <laughs> our, us in your shoes, man. Yeah, I mean you, you have to know Caleb Bosley as a person to to really put the full context of this together. I mean, he has um, eight siblings. Um, you know, he has the most calm, confident demeanor, yet it can be the loudest and most, you know, entertaining person in the room all at the same time. Um, you know, he's a, he's a caring person. He's a, he's a bulldog of a competitor, uh, and, and, and just an unbelievable teammate. He was awesome to coach and, and, you know, be a small part of his journey, but just, I mean, just to be a, to be the teammate that he was and to have all his teammates turn out for him, you know, last Friday night, you know, kind of just paints that picture a little bit better, but you know him personally. And all of a sudden you see it like, man, he did it. <laughs> Holy crap. And the, and then the whole story back to Fox Valley tech, back to Hortonville high school, 
you know, through UW lacrosse, but then on top of it, the, the eight plus year journey through, through the minor league system right. and getting, right. getting rule five from the Padres to the Brewers and on and on. All right. So he's, it's eighth inning. He comes in, you got goosebumps and tears. It's a one run game and he, and there's two outs, right? There's two outs in the eighth when he comes in. Two outs. Yep. And he's got yep. uh, wisdom. I think Patrick wisdom he's facing. It was wisdom. Yeah. And uh, so wisdom's up, up to bat and, and, you know, all I'm thinking is hit a spot, Caleb. <laughs> like, you know, these guys are good. Just hit a spot, and and he comes out and and literally just starts throwing like I've I've seen that before. You know, the <laughs> the mannerisms, the mechanics, the the demeanor, the you know, it just it just it was so cool to like see that in the baby blue uniform. And you know, he got ahead and threw some good pitches, and it's like holy crap, and and. He, you know, I know exactly what breaking ball he threw. Uh, I knew exactly how he threw it. He developed that his senior year here. It's a spike curve, and he just dropped a hammer on him, and he swung through it. And I know there's a lot of Cubs fans in the in the in the stadium, but there was forty thousand people in that stadium that all cheered and roared at about the same time. And that is like one of the most goosebumpy, you know, coolest moments of all time. And it, like like videoing it and like just looking at assistant coaches and we're like looking at each other like grabbing and cheering each other you know like hugging and like oh my god that just happened. <laughs> yeah, he, he strikes him out. Uh, I think out of full count five five pitches. Um, and and Caleb's is Caleb. Would you say a, a placement pitcher, a power pitcher? What, how would you describe him quickly? No, he, he's all location at okay. that level. He's he's gonna sit about ninety one, ninety two. Uh, top out at 93 and you know for you and I that's pretty good but um, right. at that level you know he's he's got to hit his spots and 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 well I mean that proof is in the pudding on in the next inning you know first pitch of the next inning he did not hit his spot and um, ended up giving a 417 foot home run but yeah and, and um, I said I said the score was 4-3 but the, the the Brewers are up actually 3-2 in the eighth Right. Uh, he strikes out wisdom uh, with a couple of, I think, a, you know, after they give up a couple of runs. So the the pressure's on. But then did you expect him to come back in in the ninth? I don't know how that works. I, I Well, the only reason we expect him to come back in the ninth is because nobody got up in the bullpen. You know, you can see nobody moving around. And at that point, it's like, yeah, it's his game. It is his game to win or lose. Um, I was a little bit more nervous about whether or not he was going to come out in the tenth. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did. He did well in the ninth, um, obviously after giving up the uh, the solo home run. Yeah, and I'll just I'll, I'll just say he, in in the ninth inning the Brewers are up one run, and then uh, Hap Ian Hap comes in and and just I mean he unloads a four hundred seventeen foot home run right like that was a pretty good shot. Uh, it, I don't know. It what's was the, a no doubter, <laughs> and it was a it was the first pitch. I think uh, did he hang a curve? What did you did your heart sink? What did you think when that happened? Um. It, both myself and actually our outfield coach who was sitting sitting next to me, Matt Ziba, both kind of made a little bit of a noise as the ball came out of his hand. I mean, I've seen that, that like I said, that pitch I've seen him throw. And just as a baseball, especially a pitching coach, it was like came out of his hand and it popped up. It was like, uh-oh. And, you know, I mean, Hap doesn't doesn't miss that. Right? Yeah. It, it was it – was, I did end up seeing a, a home plate view um, from center field, and it was center cut. It was belt high right down to shoot and he got it. <laughs> okay. So what happens next here is interesting. And, and, and Caleb Bowsley, uh UWL graduate, we're talking to his coach, Chris Schwartz. Uh, 
what happens next here is interesting because he's he's it's his first ever major league game. He's a 29 year old rookie. Uh, he, there's 400 people, friends and family, including yourself, in the stands. Uh, you talked about the crowd going wild when he got a strikeout. Forty thousand people in the stands. Uh, Cody Bellinger is up next. Cody Bellinger is not a slouch in the majors. Like I would say, not a you know very dangerous hitter. He gets him. I, I don't know what are, what are your feelings here. The next batter after giving up a home run like like this to tie the game in the ninth inning. Uh, you, I don't know how do you how do you think Caleb handled the next the next couple of uh, you know bat, at batters. Well, I think honestly, and, and he would in hindsight probably admit it just a little bit, but you could see there was a there was a couple misses here and there in the next couple batters that looked like nerves to me at least. Uh, now he's a pretty calm, cool uh, character, but. Um, you know, a couple misses that are, you know, a little bit, you know, traditional in, in that rushing down the hills, trying to like panic a little bit, but he composed himself. I mean, we all, I mean, just like, I mean, as you make a mistake, you gotta, you gotta get back on the horse and compose yourself like in the moment. And he did. Yeah. And and Bellinger, Bellinger grounds out on a first pitch. It says a sinker here. And then Suzuki comes up, uh, you know, we're getting past the heart of the order here. So it gets a little bit easier, but Suzuki's still pretty good. Uh, and this is where you're talking about. He, he, I think he throws six pitches, full count again. But um, I don't know when yeah. he strikes out Suzuki. Are you like, okay, okay, we're okay now? And because Swanson doesn't doesn't stand a chance here, the next at bat. Yeah, he, yeah. I mean, the the, the strikeout after Bellinger was was kind of like, okay, all right, you know, like get this guy, let's get this guy, and let's go win it, you know, and. And quite honestly, at that point in the stands, I mean, you're naming these guys, and and I'm and I'm we're, I'm starting such a frazzle, you know, just trying to like watch this, and my heart's pounding for him and all that stuff. I'm like, I, I, in in the moment, didn't even realize it's like, oh my gosh, that's Cody Bellinger, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's like get the lefty out, hit a spot, you know, it wasn't really thinking about that stuff, and and I think you know after the fact, you're like, yeah, it wasn't just like a major league debut. I mean, you got Cody Bellinger out. You, <laughs> You yeah, know, Cody Bellinger, uh, former Rookie of the Year, uh, former MVP. So, both yeah. of the Dodgers. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, I just gave up a home run, and now I have to face Cody Bellinger. That's no, that's nothing. But he gets out of the ninth, uh, and then now we're going to extras. And is he gonna? Is he gonna stay? And and I think this is where, this is where, like, this is where baseball's cool, right, Chris? Because managers kind of understand Caleb's got 400 people in the stands. He's a Wisconsin guy, a Hortonville grad, a UWL grad. Uh, we're just going to leave him in. We're, there's not the, the, the season's over. We've locked up the division. We're just going to let him figure it out. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think council alluded to that in a, in a post game, but it, it's, it's his game. And, and, and really whether either the feel of the crowd and all that kind of stuff just played into it. And if you're a manager in that situation, you're, you know, your heartstrings are pulling at you even though you know your brain is is doing the correct thing too because like you said there's nothing to lose at that point and you want to save your your you're, all you're doing is prepping your pitchers for the postseason and but but now all of a sudden it's like you know there's 400 people behind me from Hortonville screaming in my ear and you know this guy's story is epic uh and yeah go get it kid was that you ten, know, was that 10th inning a heart attack <laughs> it's it's well, a tight I game mean, but... you know you you forget i for, i forget i forgot it's like you start a guy with a guy in second base. Yeah, you know, it's like, oh man, you know, and and don't give this guy up, and don't give it up. And there was a, I don't even, I can't even go play by play, but it, you know, there was an intentional walk in there. Yep, uh, I, I got it. He goes after the pass ball. He gets a, he gets a, a, he gets the first guy out. He walks the next guy uh, and throws a wild pitch actually. So the guy on first, well, the guy on second ends up on third, right? So now there's 
there's guys on on second and third, I think, at some point, and then he gets a strikeout, and then he an intentional walk, and then he's got guess who? Patrick Wisdom again, right? Yeah, yeah. So at this point, the, a, the game's on the line. Right? It wasn't a wild pitch. Oh, it was a pass was ball. Pitch. Okay. Well, in the scorebook, I think they put it as a wild pitch, but um, I'm I'm just giving I'm not giving that to Boz because that was a, that ball should have been blocked. But um, yeah, and then and then he's got Wisdom back up, like you said, like. Yeah, no, runners. I believe runners on second and third, um, and I, I or maybe they were loaded. I guess I can't tell. I, I think it was second and third, and so the game's on the line right here. <laughs> well, I mean, the game is on the line for sure, and, and he's just got to get one more out. And um, I don't know. I, he he just buried he just buried another curveball, and 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 he went he chased it, and I, the the emotions that happened the first time when he struck him out the first time. You know that we're you know it's not double the second time like you know yeah and and now and now it's like all cards are on the table let's go win this game yeah and then uh, c- coming up bottom of the tenth inning again now the Brewers start with a guy on second and uh, Carlos Santana comes up and I, I and he and I don't even know like, I guess I can look he, he the third pitch he sees he hits a, a double to win the game now now I, I guess walk me through that that feeling. Because now Boz has got the win, right? He he's in line for the win, right? He's absolutely sitting there waiting for the win, and and all we need is a base hit, really. And and again, forgetting after we just got through the emotional top top of the tenth, forgetting that we get to start with a runner on second base. Yeah. So all we need to do is just either either get him over, get him in, or or hit get a hit or whatever. And and I mean, the ball left the bat, and you you knew it was down. And I, you know, one of my assistants, I think, elbowed me in the chest and just, you know, like on, on accident and just everybody's on their feet screaming and yelling. And, and you got probably 10, 15, 20,000 uh, uh, Cubs fans in the, in the place deflating because that was their playoff hopes, you know, and uh, it, it all just happened all at once. And to see, to see the, the players in the dugout storm the field and then every single one of them turn around and look for Caleb because they knew what that moment meant to him was, was probably one of the coolest things of this whole story. It, you know, they all went to him and gave him a handshake, gave him a hug, uh, gave him a high five, you know, because they all understood what that meant, you know, for him that he just got his first major league win. And um, that's, I mean, that's just a massive, you know, human side of the story. What these guys, these guys get it. They do. Yeah. Again, then this only happens in baseball. It's not like uh in, in in the NFL or in, in basketball, the guy makes his first basket or scores, you know, throws his first complete pass or something. They stop the game. And, um, all right, Chris, I, I know you got to go, but real quick, uh, is it weird that Bosley ended up at UW Lacrosse? He, I, I, so when you mentioned Hortonville, he grew up across the road from my friend uh, with his eight, you know, seven other brothers and sisters uh, in in Hortonville, and then he goes to UW Fox Valley, plays club baseball. So it's not even like a quote unquote real baseball. It's not a collegiate team. It's a two year school, and they don't even have an official team. So how does he? How do you end up with Bosley at UWL, and then go to the World Series his first year on the team? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that just it, it just adds to this whole this whole storybook. Um, you know, career and not, his career's not up, he's not over. But um, yeah, he he showed up. He literally showed up. He he contacted us um, in his second year at Fox Valley Tech, and he said, "I I want to transfer to UW Lacrosse. I want to play baseball." And like we would do with anybody else who who reaches out like that, we we did some research on him, and 
you know, his high school coach, Don, did a really good job of telling us, you know, how awesome he was and that he was going to help us. And, um, you know, we, we decided we could give him a shot. And he was just, I think he was just dynamic from day one. And, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, upper 80s or anything like that. He was low 80s. And, and then by spring, he kind of developed a little more, maybe mid 80s. He's kind of our go-to guy out of the bullpen in the 2015 World Series. And he pitched quite a bit. And then in 2016, he was clearly the guy, and his velo jumped, and he was sitting 88 to 90. Uh, but the best part is he just didn't miss a spot. You know, there's there's tons of stories, but he just he located as good, if not better, than any other pitcher we've had in our program. All right, that's Chris Schwartz. He's the coach at UWL, heading into his 20th season, and I think uh, heading you know heading into practice. So I gotta I gotta let you go, but I really appreciate you telling the story, Chris. I appreciate you having me. Thanks for the time. All right, we got to take one more quick break. We'll be back. All right, that's going to wrap it up for a Tuesday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Thanks again to Chris Schwartz for joining me, UWL baseball coach. What's funny is there's so much more to that story and so much more of the story I wanted to hear and kind of interject because my friend coached Caleb Boosley. Now Brewers pitcher Caleb Boozley, my friend, coached him as a freshman in high school. So I talked to my friend the other day about, hey, what's up with this kid? He's like, first of all, Caleb grew up across the road from me and his, you know, seven other brothers. So so he watched Caleb grow up and then he had him on his freshman baseball team. And just he said uh, he didn't get, you know, put up to the JV team. So he played freshman ball as a freshman. And if, if you listen to Chris too, it sounded like he didn't come to fruition until maybe his second year at college where he just started hitting all his spots as he, you know, he alluded to. Um, but my friend said, uh, so, so Hortonville baseball, the, the coach is a hall of fame coach when state win a bunch of state titles. Uh, he's since retired, but he has like over 700 or 900 wins, something like that. I play track. So I, I went to my one baseball team meeting as a freshman and the coach kept talking about uh, uh, cups, if you know, uh, down low. Uh, and I was like, wow, he'd spend a half hour talking about how important it is to wear a cup. <laughs> and so I was like, I don't really want to play baseball. Uh, not because of the cup thing, but because he talks so much. But my friend who coached Caleb Boozley said when he got to varsity, Caleb would get behind this Hall of Fame coach who's very, you know, pretty intimidating guy. And he would just like mimic him talking, blah, 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 you know, like get behind him and, and just make kind of make fun of what, like joking around, right? Um, and to the point where he said, my friend, the coach would go, okay, Caleb, you have to go stand over there so I can see you. So I could see you because I know if you, if I can't see you, then you're behind me and you're, you're making all the rest of the team laugh and, and we're not concentrating. And, and so it's just kind of a funny thought to, to, to think this kid, this kid is, uh, he has so much clout with the team. This cause kind of hard nosed coach, very serious, you know, down to business coach. But but he lets lets this guy get away with and and make the rest of the team laugh. He kind of understands that to an to a degree, I guess. That's what I took from that story. So anyway, uh, coming up tomorrow, farmer uh, Wisconsin Farm Union president uh, will be on. So we'll talk farming tomorrow. A little change of pace. Thanks everybody for listening.